Dawn Morgan and her husband started an organization called Orphan Relief Effort about 20 years ago. Since then, and in several countries around the globe, this couple has cared for hundreds of children who desperately have needed families to belong to. They've provided food, water, education, medical care, and the all-important sense of belonging to these precious children worldwide. Yvonne joins me today to share with us about the orphanages that they run currently in Nepal and Myanmar, where orphan relief effort is making a tangible difference in the lives of so many. Out there, on the edge of adventure. This is where adventure meets purpose, where we get to know those who live life beyond status quo. My name is Adam Asher, and this is the Edge of Adventure podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Edge of Adventure podcast. My name is Adam Asher. Always great to have you with us as we travel somewhere very important. And today we're going to go to Nepal and to Myanmar. And in order to do that, I'd like to introduce to you my wonderful guest for today, Yvonne Morgan. She is joining us from Orphan Relief Effort. And I just want to welcome you to the program, Yvonne. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Adam. I'm excited to be here. I really appreciate you accepting this invitation. I came across you guys on social media, watching what you do and how much you have this heart and this passion for the people of Nepal and the people of Myanmar. So to put it into perspective, let's let's talk about those countries. All right. Let's okay. let's take people to that part of the world and you know help us get acquainted with life and culture in Nepal and in Myanmar. Okay. And I'll start off in Nepal. It's a beautiful country. And I have found that all over the world, no matter if you agree with a government, um, the world is a beautiful place. Many beautiful things. Nepal has Everest, which is just breathtaking to see. I think the one thing that surprised me about Nepal the first time we visited there was as you're coming into land, it's a city of about a million and a half people. And I had no idea Kathmandu was that big. <laughs> I should have. I should have researched better. But you always think of this little beautiful hamlet in the middle of the mountains. But it's um, a valley that is surrounded by the Himalaya Mountains and just breathtaking. Um, and since it sits in a valley, they do not get as much winter as you would think. It gets cold probably down into the 30s but they don't get a lot of snow. It's a heavily populated area. I wanna say within the valley, as I said, a million and a half people, but the valley area is maybe a 20 square miles. Um, it's not a big, so all the buildings, all the houses are multiple stories so that they can fit more families in to ease the overcrowding. And most of the time, the orphans we deal with there, probably their biggest issue as far as what creates orphans is human trafficking. With the poverty and with the closeness to India and China, they use Nepal to traffic children out of. Um, there are a lot of unscrupulous people that will entice the children to go into jobs, usually to join a circus in India, to get a job in China as a maid. And these are falsehoods. This is not what's actually happening. And then they're sold into the human traffic trade. And so that's how we come about a lot of our orphans there. And then Myanmar, Myanmar also that a lot of people kind of when you say Myanmar don't really know where it is, um, used to be called Burma. 
And so that helps a lot of people because, you know, the movies and that. It's a country that only opened up to tourism about nine years ago. For a long time, we could not visit. We've now made four trips there. It is in Southeast Asia, just like Nepal is. Very tropical, very... If you watched a lot of movies uh, where the British were invading Burma during the the world wars, you'll have seen what it's like. Very very hot, very humid, still beautiful. Um, The people there are very friendly and welcoming. Recently, they went through a coup where the military took back over the government. Um, That was the case up to about 10 years ago when they did try to go to a democracy and there was a lot of war back when the country was starting to open up. So a lot of our orphans that we get came through because family members, parents were killed during that the fighting. Let's see, Nepal is mainly Hindu, where Myanmar is mainly Buddhist, uh, besides a small percentage of the Christian population that we work with. Yvonne Morgan is our guest today here on The Edge of Adventure. It's great to have her here. It's great to have you listening. And if you are watching this, and of course, there's the audio podcast and then there's the video podcast as well. But if you're able to watch this, maybe on YouTube or Facebook or one of the other platforms, you are getting to see the maps and we've got some pictures we're going to share as well to help to take you to Myanmar, to help to take you to Nepal and let you get to know this wonderful work orphan relief effort. You've alluded to that. You've alluded to the scenario, the situation that causes the extreme poverty and that causes the the need for what you guys do and the need to provide this type of, of relief to the orphans. And it's not a good situation, but I would like to um, talk about what you guys do to help alleviate it, how you help to serve those who are in great need there. Tell us about your work through the orphanages that you all provide. Okay, we have um, an orphanage in each country. Again, I'll start with Nepal. Um, We have a building we rent there. It's four stories um, and we have two of the floors and we have about 20 children there ranging. Our youngest is about eight at the moment um, and going up through high school, what we would consider an 18 year old in this country. They finish school earlier than we do here in this country, but we let them stay on until they can get jobs and get themselves settled. It's a good facility and it's hard. Properties are very expensive in Nepal, so we have to make do. Um, We've thought about building our own building, but it's just not practical. With the area being so overpopulated, it's hard to find land. And when you do, it's ridiculous prices compared to the rest of the world and where we see, you know, where we also have worked in the past. It's just very expensive. In Myanmar, um, we've been there for since the country reopened. We're getting up to 40 kids. Um, Since that picture was taken, we've actually added about six more children, and we have built a building there. It will house 50 children. We're at 40, so we're getting near maximum. But the nice thing there, to build that building that you see in the picture, it only took us about $10,000, so much less expensive for building in Myanmar than compared to Nepal. Yvonne, approximately how many children are you providing for in each of those two countries? Um, In Nepal, it's about 25, and in Myanmar, it's 40. So 65 children all in total. I noticed, too, that Orphan Relief Effort 
provides a variety of services. I think of it, or these are my words, it's almost a comprehensive type facility that is caring for the children, not just in terms of a place to live, but it, it's also what other projects you've got, education and medical care. Talk to me about how comprehensive the care is. Yeah, we approach um, having these homes more like it is a home, not an orphanage. Um, our children are not available for adoption. We bring them in to raise them um, from whatever age we get them until they are out on their own. And so we provide full care, three meals a day, usually rice for several of the meals because that's what the culture does not we try to make sure they get meat at least two to three times a week um, we provide education because um, most schools even though they will be free we still have to buy uniforms and books we provide medical care we've had a few you know they get their regular checkups um, including dental we've had a few situations where we've had to do surgeries for our kids and we provide that um, and so just providing them as if they were living in our own homes. And then we also try to work within the communities around when we're in Nepal, we'll go visit the schools and, you know, try to help as much as we can, providing things, um, small things usually, like helping fund books for some of the schools, just to make sure the community knows what we're doing also. I understand that in Nepal, the government of Nepal even refers children to you guys. Why is there such a good relationship between orphan relief effort and the government in Nepal? Back several, probably 10 years ago, Nepal had many, many orphanages all over the country. And it, a lot of them were fronts for human trafficking. Um, and so the government cracked down and we established a relationship. Um, we're very open with the government of Nepal. They come, they check on us unannounced. Um, they've done that for, like I said, probably about 10 years now. We provide them open access to all our books over there. So they're, they're very comfortable with us that we're not the front, that we're not taking the kids out of Nepal and sending them you know, to brothels in India and China um, and try to make it where they knew they could trust us. And we've had a lot of, you know, some of the children there we've had since they were eight and now they're 18. So they can see the history that the children are not abused. They're well taken care of, well fed. We've got all the doctor records. So they know we're taking good care of the kids. Yvonne, let me ask a question. Again, I think of it as my responsibility as I interview the different guests and I get to know them. Part of my job is to ask the questions that the audience might ask. So let me ask this one. Is there any way to reconnect these children to their parents? In Nepal, most of the kids do not have parents. In a few situations, um, the parents were the ones trying to sell them into the human trafficking. And so we try if we can. There, We do allow the ones that do not have actual parents anymore, uh, we do allow the family members, aunts, uncles to come and visit the children so that they keep that connection. Uh, but it's very, we have to be very careful that we're not allowing them into a situation that's gonna be harmful for the children. We had one young lady we rescued um, back a while ago and she was pledged in marriage. She was 13. She was pledged in marriage to a 50 year old. And so in that type of situation, we would never let her reconnect 
with the family for the simple fact that the family was the one that made the arranged the marriage in that situation. And I'm sure they were well compensated, but a 13 year old should not be married to a 50 year old. Yvonne Morgan is our guest today. She's joining us from Orphan Relief Effort, and we're learning about their work in Nepal and Myanmar. And if you're thinking Myanmar, wait a minute, what country is that? It's Burma. That would have been the country we would have learned about. It's now referred to as Myanmar. What's the culture like over there in particular? And you've mentioned this a few minutes ago, but I, from my study here, it seems like it is a divisive time for them. There's a lot of push and pull and strife. What's it like there? And does that present a challenge to you guys trying to take care of these kids? It does present several challenges. The town that our orphanage is located in is fairly remote. We are right on the edge of the Christian area of the country, which we are not allowed to enter as tourists um, when we visit the country. It's very restrictive to where we can even visit. And if we break those restrictions, we are returned back to the U.S. without any questions. So there is a lot of a Christian community in the area we work in. The town's about 100,000 people, but there's also a heavy military presence. It's been pointed out to us. We don't necessarily see it when we're there, but, you know, because they'll be dressed as in plain clothes. But when we're in town, we're very much, they're following us to make sure what we're doing. And now with the unrest and the military government coming back into power, they do not like Christianity they all, even when the dictatorship ended a while back um, in the Christian areas, there was still military activities. Um, you can read about it quite a bit. Um, they still do the bombings up in the mountains. So it is a big concern to what's going to happen because our children are all Christians. And so we are worried about what the future holds for them. Yvonne, what's the biggest need that you guys have as somebody tunes in now and listen to the podcast and they're getting to know you and they're already, because again, I put myself in the position of the, of the listener here and I'm, I'm getting to know you too. And I'm hearing your heart in all of this. What would you say the biggest need is if someone were to decide they should get involved somehow with orphan relief effort? Always ongoing um, funding to keep every, the homes open and keep uh, being able to feed and ha house and clothe the children. And I say uh, money, uh, we've been approached many times about sending things, which I wish we could. It would make my life so much easier. But back a few years ago with Nepal, we decided, okay, let's do this. Let's send over a pallet. We loaded it up with a variety of stuff, clothing and all kinds of stuff. And it weighed right about a hundred pounds and it was $5,000 to ship it. Everything was donated. So there was no cost to us for that other than we paid for the shipping. But if I sent, you know, $5,000, that operates the house in Nepal for over five months. And so We've learned a lot of people like to donate items, but money helps us. And it also helps the local economy, which we've been doing this in other countries as well for over 20 years now. We're down to just Myanmar and Nepal, but 
by sending money, um, if a child needs to go to a doctor, we can, you know, instead of sending medicine from our country, they can buy it there. And then that helps the local economy. Um, and I know it worries people when they send money. I understand that, but that is the easiest and the most efficient way for us to help these people. Well, since we're talking about money, tell me about what percentage of the money that is given to orphan relief effort, what percentage of that money goes to help the kids? We send it all. Um, my husband and I, we recently retired, but both worked full time. And so we do this as a labor of love. Um, so we, my husband and I run this. Um, there is no staff at the homes in each country. The people that run them for us volunteer. Um, they live there. So, I mean, they don't pay rent or anything, but, you know, they're, do, they're not getting paid. So 100% of what we get goes to the kids. If there's something unusual, a cost that's involved, like the time we did the shipping for 5000 we pay that out of pocket. When we go visit, um, my husband and I, we pay our own ways. We do not use funds for that. As I said, we're working. We're tired now. But, you know, we've made sure that we do anything like that cost-wise comes out of our pocket, not out of the uh, money for the orphans. Because people want to be able to give and know that the money's making a difference. My guest today right here on the Edge of Adventure is Yvonne Morgan. She's the founder and she and her husband work very hard to uh, provide this type of care to these kids in Myanmar and Nepal. The name of the organization is Orphan Relief Effort, and you can look them up online. And if you're watching the video version of the podcast, you see the website, which is now on the screen, orphan-relief-effort.org, orphan-relief-effort.org to learn more about Orphan Relief Effort and also to let them know you want to help them out somehow. Yvonne, I want to ask you if it's okay. I want to find out why you started this. I need to know a little bit about your story because I've always felt that when someone is giving and serving in the way that you are, there's usually a story behind that and a reason oftentimes why a person would, would choose to give and choose to love others in the way that you do. Yvonne. Yep. Started uh, almost 30 years ago now. Um, I've got two daughters. Uh, they're grown, obviously. Um, and then we had a son. Um, he was born in 93 and died nine days later, which was, yeah, as you can imagine, a shock, lots of grief. And um, I didn't know what to do with ourselves. We'd always been in church. We'd always been um, faithful to God. And, you know, as time wore on after his death, I really wanted to do something to kind of commemorate his life. Because when you lose a child that young, no one else is going to remember him. You know, he didn't make a future, didn't accomplish anything in his life. So I wanted to kind of do something. And I went on my first mission trip in the year 97, went to Haiti, um, and then did several other mission trips after that. And just finally, we went to Kenya in the year 2000. And the number of orphans there from the AIDS epidemic just broke my heart. And we came back and I knew I had to do something. So after a lot of prayers and working, you know, talking with other people, we formed Orphan Relief Effort. And for the first 10 years we did this, we worked in Kenya. The government has since cracked down enormously on orphans because they were having the same kind of issues. 
but there is a lot of corruption in the Kenyan government as well. And so we finally had to walk away from that work and ended up working now in Myanmar and Nepal. But it was all came about because of our son. Yvonne Morgan is the founder at Orphan Relief Effort. We're learning a little about her and her story. Yvonne, do you think that God uses maybe the pain, some of the things that we go through in life that are, we don't think of them as positive. We don't think of them as good. That We would think of them as being very bad. Can God and does God use those things for good? I think so. I don't, God didn't cause our son to die in order to do this. But I think when you're a person of faith, of, a Christ, of the Christian faith, he watches to see how we respond to the natural things that happen in our world and he uses them. He allows the, us to see ways to use them for good. If we're looking, it would have been very easy to fall into that pit and never come out. Um, but one of the things I read during that time was to 80% of marriages fail after the death of a child. And that started at me researching. It's like, okay, that's not going to happen to us. And then it's like, I've got to do something. I've got to make a difference. And so that led to this work and, as I say, I lost one child and I have hundreds around the world that call me us mom and dad now. In fact, a lot of them, the ones from Kenya, even though we don't work there anymore, the girls that were in our orphanage there, many of them still keep up with me through Twitter and through Facebook and I'm always getting little messages and it's such a blessing. Help us put ourselves into the place of that child. What is their life like if they don't have someone like you stepping in to shield them and protect them and provide for them? Um, it's hard to think about. It, it's a reality. I know one of the girls um, that we rescued in Nepal um, that's still with us, she was about eight when we got her. Unfortunately, at the time, because we were limited on space, which that wasn't a reality either, but it is. And so she had a uh, brother and a sister and they were sold by the parents to a circus in India and never heard of again. So we have no idea what has happened to them. You can imagine. It's not like our circuses here in this country. They would have been slave work, slave labor for the circus. Also, when we've been in Nepal, there is a Hindu foundation that works to rescue a lot of the um, trafficked women. And we have toured it and met with them um, and have seen the videos of what happens to these kids, these girls, especially that are trafficked. You know, they live a life that none of us even want to think really exists. Um, incels, visited by many men every single day. I mean, we're talking 20, 30 men a day. A lot of times they may be given drugs so that they'll be more cooperative. I remember one lady we saw in the video um, and she wouldn't cooperate. She tried to run away and they poured gasoline on her and set her on fire and she survived. It's not imaginable to us. Or they're begging on the streets in Nepal and in Myanmar both, if the mom remarried, well, either way, if one parent dies and the other one remarries, the new spouse does not want the child because that belongs to somebody else and they will discard them on the street. We have found kids as young as six living on the streets, no one to care for them. They're begging and they're trying to make their own way in the world. 
at six years old. I remember one of them, when we got him at six, had not been potty trained because he had been cast away at probably three or four and had no idea how to be potty trained. We finally did, but it's unimaginable for us here, in, especially here in America, for us to realize how bad it can be. Yvonne, what would be one of the hardest things that you've had to witness through this process? You've been doing this for 20 years. You've seen a lot of good. You've seen a lot of bad. What's the part about this that breaks your heart? The ones that we can't take because we don't have room for them are one in Nepal. They're both run by ministers. And one of the things we talk about when we first started working with them is they've got to make those decisions because if I read the stories of each child that was presented to us, I'd take them all and we don't have the room for them all. But hearing their stories and having to say, no, we're full. We don't have the funds. We don't have the room for these kids and knowing what we're turning them back to. When we did still work in Kenya, we had a set of twins and they had been so malnourished. They both had severe rickets that could not be corrected. And one was worse off than the other and was deteriorating quite a bit to the point she couldn't walk, uh, couldn't walk to school. And we were, were not equipped to handle the handicap situation. It's hard enough for our staff that we do have. And so we had to send her back. And it still bothers me. I often wonder what happened to her because I know what she was going back into, a life of extreme poverty. And maybe, you know, and that's what she came from. That's where she got the rickets because they couldn't feed her. And yet we had to send her back. Yvonne Morgan is the founder at Orphan Relief Effort, and she's my guest today here on The Edge of Adventure. And it certainly is a privilege to be learning more about Orphan Relief Effort and to be learning more about you, your heart, and also by extension, your husband's heart. I know this is a project that the two of you have worked on together. Again, regarding anybody who's able to watch the video version of the podcast, YouTube, IGTV, Facebook, that sort of thing, or online at theedgeofadventure.com. You're getting to see these pictures here, and I'm seeing some beautiful faces, happy faces. Which of the two facilities are we looking at here? Is this me, uh, Myanmar? Myanmar, or? yep, and that was um, on Christmas. You know, and by the time we get pictures and I get them posted, because we try to post something every day, you know, it just takes time because they even before the coup, they had a hard time with internet. Um, and so, and I tend to be able to get more pictures from Myanmar than I do Nepal, they just can get better connectivity. But that was Christmas um, in the at the home. Um, you know, and a lot of times you'll see other organizations and they post the sad, dirty child everywhere and, you know, tug at your heartstrings, which it does. But we get these kids and we transform them to have beautiful lives as much as we can. And so I want to show what we're doing. We've made them happy. You can see them enjoying the meal, enjoying fresh fruit. You know, and it's just, we have fun. When we go visit, we play games, we take stuff for them to do, and we make their lives as enjoyable as possible. A childhood should be fun, and that's what we're trying to accomplish. And we are looking at the Facebook page. I'm pulling these pictures from their Facebook page, but you can find them on Twitter. You can find them on Facebook. You can find them on Instagram. And you'll find the links to all of those by going to their website, orphan-relief-effort.org. So look them up, connect with them. And what I always say is be sure you let them know you heard Yvonne here. 
on the program and that you enjoyed getting to know her, that sort of thing, but at least connect with them and encourage them in the very least. I mean, maybe you're called to support them financially, but in the very least, let them know that you're out there and you have a heart for what they're doing. Because I promise you, even though Yvonne won't tell us this, I'm sure this has come at great sacrifice for her and her family as well. Beautiful kids here. What a beautiful meal. I mean, I'm looking at that meal. I'm getting hungry here just looking at it. And such beautiful, beautiful smiles. What is a child who has been rescued, right? Right. They were in the horrible situation, which is almost words just do not describe. They don't do justice to how bad it is. And now they're over here and they are loved. How does it change a child's life to be safe and loved? It makes such a difference. Um, coming up in the next week or two, as I said, in Myanmar, we've gotten six new kids recently. Um, COVID is devastating both countries as it because of the poverty. I mean, we struggle with it here too. Um, and so when we get new children, I always post pictures of them as they come in. And then again, weeks later, and you just see the change in them. Probably one of the stories I remember the most, um, again, back when we used to work in Kenya, there was a little orphan we got. Um, her name was Victoria. We brought her into the home. She was six. And one of the first things we like to do, because we don't know when these kids last ate. Um, it could have been yesterday. It could have been days ago. And so one of the first thing we always try to do is sit them down and let them eat. And um, with this little girl, we sat her down and we let them eat as much as they want. So we bring them plate full. As long as they're eating it, we'll keep filling their plate. Six years old, she ate six platefuls of food because they have learned that when food is presented to them, they eat till they're almost sick because they don't know when they're going to eat again. And just to see that mentality in, you know, that they're thinking that way at six. And then, you know, once they're comfortable and figure out that they have all these great brothers and sisters now and that they're going to get three meals a day, you can just see them relax and they start to have being able to laugh again and they don't hoard food, <laughs> which is a great thing to be able to see that they're not hoarding the food anymore, that they know they're going to be okay. You just said that they have these brothers and sisters, right? The way you frame this is that they're not in a facility. They're now a part of a family. Yep. And our older kids help take care of the little kids, and it's just one big happy family. And we tried to take them out on outings. Um, the last time we were in Myanmar, they took us up to a river that they liked to go to. We all went swimming, and the river was probably 20 degrees, <laughs> it felt like for us. And they go swimming. They're very... Um, modest culture so they do it in their clothes but um, you know and we have fun and they we try to send them when we they've got the funds out on picnics and trying to make life like it would be you know how we would want our kids to be Yvonne let me ask you about your faith because you've mentioned a couple of things clearly you are a woman of faith and this platform here on the edge of adventure I have all sorts of guests and we talk to all sorts of people doing wonderful things around the world and I always like to understand what motivates them and what motivates you? Definitely my faith. Um, well, I'm of Christian faith. Christ died for my sins, um, which a lot of times we really can't grasp how big that is. And if all the things he does for me in my life 
this is just a small thing I can do to repay him. James chapter 1, 27 tells us that uh, faith is taking care of widows and orphans in their distress. And I took that message to be very, to, took it to heart that that's what we're called to do. We're supposed to take care of each other and who's the most vulnerable in our populations, but orphans and widows. And I've read over the years, you know, if every Christian in the world did their part to help one or two people, we wouldn't have poverty anymore. Yvonne, I asked you about what breaks your heart. Now let me ask you about what restores your hope, what restores your energy and your belief that all this hard work is worth it. It matters. It makes a difference. What is it that gives you that boost when you need it? As I said, there are those kids who've gone through our program and graduated, for lack of a better word, and they're living adult lives now, and they reconnect and just call me mom. I'll get a text, and it's like, hey, mom, I just enrolled in college, and here's what's going on. And it's like, you know, and I don't ever expect to thank you, but just to know what's happening in their lives and being a part of it just makes it worthwhile when we go and the hugs and the kisses we get from these kids. And and then the, the hard part of it all, as my husband always says, come the end of a trip, that's when I'm crying is because I don't want to leave. I don't, I want to stay. I want to make, keep seeing what we can accomplish without a ton of money. Each of our orphanages take about a thousand dollars a month to run. And a lot of times we, we run them on $500 a month if that's all we've got. It's not a big amount to feed this, to take care of this many kids and to see what, how we can make the, a little go a long way and put smiles on kids' faces makes it all worthwhile. Yvonne, as we get to the end of our time today, it's been a great conversation. Make the invitation. What, what does the audience need to know? It doesn't take a lot to really change the life of a child. You know, if we had somebody doing $10 a month, it makes a difference. You can contribute to putting that smile on a child's face and giving them a hope of a future. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, it has been my privilege to get to know Yvonne Morgan today. Again, she's the founder at Orphan Relief Effort, and they provide shelter and education, medical attention, clothing, food, and love to these kids. And of course, I'm going to say it, they could definitely use your help. So please reach out to them at orphan-relief-effort.org, orphan-relief-effort.org, or follow them on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, so on and so forth. But connect with them. That's my request. Connect with them, encourage them, let them know you appreciate what they're doing. And then if you can help them somehow, I'd love for you to do that as well. In prayer. We always need prayer for these kids, too. And pray for the kids and pray for Yvonne and her husband. What's your husband's name? Bill. Bill. Pray for Yvonne and Bill and just that uh, they continue to have the strength and the ability to do this because they're doing great work around the world. And today, Yvonne, thanks for taking us to Nepal and to Miramar. And, of course, knowing that there's also... These are tense days in in Miramar in in particular. We'll be uh, praying about that as well, that the kids would be safe and continue to be well taken care of. Thank you.
Thank you so much, Yvonne. We will see you again soon, and we'll see all of you again soon for another edition of the Edge of Adventure podcast right here. Thank you all, and God bless. Thank you, Adam. My name is Adam Asher, and you've been listening to the Edge of Adventure podcast. To learn more, log on to theedgeofadventure.com. And while you're there, check out the video series where we go off the grid to discover some of the great things people are doing all around the globe to make the world a better place. I call it my search for adventure and purpose. You'll find us on social media too. Just look for the hashtag, The Edge of Adventure. Thanks for joining us. Always great to have you with us as together we aim to live life for something bigger than ourselves. This is The Edge of Adventure, where we go beyond status quo. Beyond status quo.